Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Serendipitous Sit-Downs Podcast. My name is Sam Soto and I'm going to be your completely imperfect host. Um, I am both super excited and very nervous to be here. Um, It has been a long journey to getting here in this chair um, to record this show and I am truly grateful to be able to do this right now. Um, Before I dive in, I just want to say that this is a trigger warning. Um, If you are somebody who is uncomfortable with foul language, uh, topics surrounding sexual sexuality, sexual abuse or harassment, um, mental health issues such as suicidal ideation or self-harm, or death and grief, or are sensitive to anything, you know, of that nature, I just want to let you know, I really appreciate you tuning in, but this may not be the right show for you. And I would advise at this time that you probably stop listening. For everybody else, um, well, thanks for joining me here on this crazy ride. Um, And it's going to be just that. I want this podcast to be really raw and unfiltered. I want you guys to get to know me and my guests in a way that helps you see how each person has overcome different obstacles in their lives and learned how to choose happy and move forward after trauma or death or what have you. Um... When I say choose happy, that tends to trigger some people. <laughs> uh, I I think that when people hear me say that, they think that I must have had a life full of rainbows and butterflies and unicorns just, you know, prancing all over the fucking place. Uh, when that's really very much not the case. Um Part of the reason why I wanted to do this show so much is because I have always felt part of my purpose is to help other people. Um, And I've really always felt called to use my voice and my experiences in order to try to help others get through difficult times. Um... I've learned in my journey that there is no linear way of healing from trauma or loss. And that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this as well. Um, I wanted to create a community of people who have been through some incredibly difficult things, have overcome them, and can share how they have done that. So that if people listening are experiencing either the same or similar situations, that maybe because, you know, no one's situation is identical, but maybe they can learn a tactic that they hadn't thought of before to help them get through that difficult time. Um, Now, let me just take a look at my notes. Also, it's not going to be all doom and gloom over here. You know, we're going to have some uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll conversations as well. 
And I'm really, really looking forward to the people that we have coming on because every person that I have lined up, I have 12 guests lined up for this first season. And every person that I have lined up to be on the show is somebody that I have tremendous respect for and admiration for. And they are people who are not afraid to talk about what they've been through and not afraid to be vulnerable. So this show is really going to be about honoring the vulnerability and the strength that it takes to survive in this hellscape of a world that we're in right now. Um, so, all right, let's get into who am I? Why am I here? <laughs> um, I'm just going to kind of jump in with both feet. I, uh, have an unusual relationship with death. I was born, um, into a family that had lost a child a year and a half before. Um, my sister Noelle, um, passed away in a drowning accident and my parents, my mom specifically really taught me what choosing happy meant. And as a mother now, I can't even imagine going through what she went through and let alone opening yourself up to the vulnerability of motherhood a second time. But, um, I spent a lot of my young years watching my mom, try really hard to keep up and keep up with, you know, uh, the parents around us and try not to let her grief consume her. And while she had a lot of faults, she really was a fabulous mom and I was incredibly lucky. Um, and watching her constantly have to choose to put in an, an effort every day to be a happy, you know, person around a little kid and not, you know, bring that little kid, meaning me down with her was, was really impressive. Like now in hindsight, as an adult, um, I was never, ever made to feel like I was a replacement in any capacity. Um, I just, uh, you know, I knew that there was a space in her that couldn't be filled by my presence, you know, and, uh, she definitely tried to fill that void with things. She was a hoarder, but, um, overall she was a really good mom. And up until my teenage years, when, uh, my dad was taken off the pedestal that we all put our parents on, um, you know, my relationship with him was pretty good as well. When I was 15, I think, I think I was 15 or maybe I was 16. I was 16. Um, my dad went to jail for the first time and he ended up being in and out of prison pretty much for the rest of his life until he passed away in 2021 at the age of 81 while incarcerated. Um, so to say that my relationship with my dad was complicated is a bit of an understatement, but, uh, that it was, um, when I was 18, a very good friend of mine passed away in a car accident. Um, 
And that was like my first real experience with grief, but it also changed my perspective on religion completely. Uh, the whole concept of an infallible God kind of vanished for me with her death and kind of, um, sculpted or sculpt my, my views of religion from then on. Um, when I was 19, I had my very first nervous breakdown, um, because in September of 2006, which is, uh, I was 19, my mom was diagnosed with stage three ovarian cancer and my dad got sent back to prison again, like two weeks after she was diagnosed. Um, and I had my first nervous breakdown. Now I just really want to be clear right now about the term nervous breakdown. Um, I have a definition here from a website called choosingtherapy.com slash nervous breakdown. And I'll be you know, I'll put that in the, um, in the, in the description below, but it says the term nervous breakdown describes the uncommon onset uh, onset. Wow. Of intense emotional or physical symptoms, typically associated with stress, fear, and anxiety where normal functioning is impaired or impossible. Me mental breaks seem to materialize suddenly, but often brew inside like a storm. They begin to un overflow under the right circumstances. Emotional breakdowns usually have extended periods of intense depression, anxiety, or acute stress following them as the nervous system has nothing left to give and after such, uh, has nothing left to give after such an intense experience. A nervous breakdown is not the same as psychosis or brief psychosis disorder, which are diagnosed terms for similar episodes that can occur suddenly. Psychotic symptoms are more often severe than what a nervous breakdown typically calls to mind. Simple, uh, sorry, you're going to hear me do that a lot because I'm a human and I stumble over my words. Um, <laughs> symptoms of a nervous breakdown can include sleep issues, either sleeping too much or not enough or having nightmares uh, or sleep paralysis, thoughts of self-harm or suicide, um, muscle tension, low energy, panic attacks, mood swings, crying spells, stomach issues, headaches, emotions, feeling out of control increased heart rate, increased sadness, uh, feeling purposeless, dizziness, sweating. Um, so in 2019, I had my first nervous breakdown after my mom was diagnosed with stage three ovarian cancer and my dad went to prison. Um, I then threw myself into work. I was working in theater at the time and I worked on 11 different productions in 11 months. And if you know anything about theater, each production, um, in community theater or, um, you know, off Broadway, non Broadway usually works in six to eight week, um, schedules. So I was overlapping shows left and right at working as a stage manager or director or an associate producer or whatever, uh, all over the state of New Jersey. Um, so yeah, that was, uh, when I was 19, so what year was that? That was 20, oh, 2006. So, um, for the next few years, it was basically just working on shows, helping my mom. Uh, my dad was in and out of prison. 
Um, and I was working my ass off. And then in early 2010, I was sexually assaulted on, uh, a second date with somebody. Um, and two weeks later, my mom lost her battle to cancer at the age of 52. I was 23 years old. Um, and this breakdown and spiral after all that was, was much worse and, uh, lasted nearly two years. Basically I, um, after I lost my mom, I hadn't even told anybody about the assault because my mom was already in the hospital dying when it happened. And I had bigger things to deal with at the time. Um, and I feel, you know, I feel some type of way about that choice now because, who knows what else that person has done, uh, since, but anyway, um, I became addicted to Xanax, uh, like heavily addicted to Xanax, um, and to drinking. And I was at my absolute worst. I was doing anywhere between 12 to 14 milligrams of Xanax a day. So if you're unfamiliar with Xanax, they, they start at 0.25 milligrams and they go all the way up to two milligrams, which are, are, are called bars and they're quite strong. And I was doing between six and seven of those bars a day, either taking them orally or snorting them. Um, in the very beginning of 2012, um, a group of my oldest friends basically had an intervention and told me that they were afraid I was going to kill myself. Um, not on purpose, but by accident, uh, as a result of being super fucked up and drinking and doing Xanax and sometimes even driving like an asshole. And thankfully for me, that intervention was enough. Um, they, I knew that those people, if they, I didn't even know that they knew that I had a problem, I didn't even know that they knew that I was using anything. I thought that I was good and being super discreet. And when they came to me and confronted me, luckily for me, that was all I needed, um, for it to be like, oh fuck, I gotta, I gotta get my shit together. So that was January of 2012. I have not taken, I had to wean myself down, but I have not taken my, taken Xanax since January of 2012. And I rarely drink. I'll occasionally have a drink here and there, but I'm not really a drinker. Um, I do, however, uh, and I will preface this by saying that in my state, it is legal both medicinally and recreationally. Uh, I do partake in marijuana, uh, for my anxiety. I don't have a medical card, but um, it is something that has helped with my anxiety for a long time. Um, then in January, I'm sorry, in February, in February of 2014, after an extremely traumatic birth experience, I had my daughter. Um, my daughter, I was told when I was 16 that I had PCOS and would likely never be able to have kids. Um, I was on birth control when I got pregnant. And for me, I knew that I always wanted to be a mom. Um, so having her and finding out I was pregnant was like the most amazing thing in the world. And although it was not planned, it was, it was a very welcomed thing in my life and in her dad's life. Um, and 
I had her and had an extremely, extremely traumatic birth experience where I thought I was going to die. And, uh, we'll get into that on a different episode. Um, but basically, um, I all, I ended up really resenting my body for everything that had happened. And I ended up with a colicky baby and also really, really bad postpartum depression and anxiety. Um, because anybody who has had a colicky baby knows that it is fucking terrible to be out in public with a colicky baby. Um, because people ask you 8 million questions if you're like at a family party or something and like suggest all these things like you haven't tried them. And you're like, no, actually, I enjoy this. This seems like it's kind of fun. I like how she's screaming at me constantly. Don't you like it? You don't like it? <laughs> um, <laughs> so it was a lot. And then with my postpartum depression, it was not the kind of depression where my daughter was ever in danger or I ever had any thoughts about doing anything harmful to her. It was never like that. Uh, however, I had very severe suicidal ideation. Um, you know, I say it kind of lightheartedly sometimes and, and, uh, people think it's a joke, but I wanted to jump in the bathtub with a blow dryer. I was not okay. My brain was not okay. And it took a long time, but eventually I got better and, um, yeah, it was, it was a trip. Having a kid is a trip on both mind, body, and uh, all three and soul and spirit. Um, I had always wanted to be a mom, but woke up on my 31st birthday when Ari was just shy of turning four. And realized that I felt like I had no identity whatsoever other than mom. I didn't know who Sam was anymore. And I felt empty and like I was doing everything for everybody around me and not a goddamn thing for myself. And that was soul sucking for me. Um... So, uh, I talked to my then husband, Ari's dad, and I told him how depressed I was and how uncomfortable in my existence I was. And he supported me in starting to find things that spoke to my soul and my purpose and, and lit that creative fire for me again. And I ended up taking, um, a stand-up comedy class at the People's Improv Theater in New York City. Um, and while I did learn that I am not a natural stand-up, uh, a natural stand-up comic, um, it did really get me back into writing. And I loved it. And it got me back into storytelling. And, um, you know, honestly, without that class, who knows if I would have felt confident or comfortable enough to be able to even start this podcast. But anyhow... Um, so I started writing again. Um, I ended up working on some really great short films and feature film projects that I absolutely loved and a couple music videos. Um, and then I wrote a script for a TV pilot uh, that placed in the 2019 Utah Film Festival for, or as a semifinalist for best television screenplay. Um, through 2019, it started to get some wind under the sails um, I workshopped it with, um, 
some really wonderfully talented people. And uh, I was actually planning to go out to L.A. to film a trailer to use it to pitch to networks and stuff like that. And then COVID happened <laughs> and uh, the show lost all of the wind under its sails, unfortunately. And I hit a, a bit of a creative wall um, and have kind of been creatively stumped since then. Um, in 2021, my husband and I split up. Um, we were just both really unhappy and did not live well, super well together. And, um, since then we have actually managed to become good friends and we co-parent really, really well. <coughs> I have tried to start a business and it flopped, but that's okay. Because life is all about, you know, getting back up and dust yourself off and trying again and following your, your inner gut and all that. And I'm a big believer in trying new things and you're never really failing unless you stop trying. So that's kind of my mentality about things. But anyway, uh, so my marriage did not work out, but we have managed to become excellent co-parents and I'm really, really proud of that. Um, I'm trying to think what else I'm forgetting. Oh God. And then, um, at the beginning, or I'm sorry, uh, starting last year, my daughter began to have seizures. Um, we're going to get into all that a little bit later. Um, but at the beginning of this year in 2023, she had a near death experience, um, that thankfully she doesn't really remember, but unfortunately I absolutely remember clear as day. Um, and that was a very traumatic experience for us as a whole family. And we ended up deciding to slow our lives down. We moved out to the woods, which has been a nice change. And we are now a homeschooling family, um, where we take our lives a little bit more slowly than we used to. Our weeks we spend doing homeschool and working and just having fun, watching movies, playing games, and uh, recording content. I'm doing this podcast and so on and so forth. Um, we're really focusing on the things that make us happy right now. And I wouldn't want that any other way. Um and one of the things for me that makes me the happiest is being able to pursue my creative pursuits. And part of that right now is doing this podcast. I, um, I really feel strongly that we don't talk about mental health issues and grief and all of the things that we as human beings experience and go through nearly enough. And those universal experiences deserve to be shared and the truths that people learn along the way deserve to be shared. And I'm really hoping that my guests and I will 
be honoring the mess and the challenges that are being human. Um, I said it earlier, but there really is no right way to heal or to survive. And my guest and I won't be comparing whose trauma is worse here. We're here to honor the bad shit that happens to all of us and honor the strength it takes for us to always move forward regardless of the trauma, whether it was mental and emotional or it was mental and physical. It takes immense vulnerability and strength to heal, to move forward, and to also be able to try and help others. And I'm really grateful that the universe has put me in a place to be able to do that and to be able to sit with other people who want to do the same. So that's it, I think, for the time being. Um, I'll be dropping episodes every Wednesday. Most will be with guests, but every so often I may do a solo one. Um, if you have any suggestions for topics, I would love to hear what anybody might want to see on the show. Um, all the future episodes after this are going to be um, filmed as well. So they'll be available on not just all of the podcast um, streaming stations, but also on YouTube. Um, if you haven't followed us already, you can search for us anywhere at Serendipitous Sit Downs Podcast, or you can use our handle on TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, um, and YouTube, which is at Serendip Sits Pod. Um, or you can email us at Serendipitous Sit Downs at gmail.com. And that's it. Thank you so much for sitting with me and being here. And just remember these three things. This too shall pass. You are not alone. And be kind to others, but also be kind to yourself. Thanks for listening. Have a great day. Bye.